What's up? Welcome back to the Inner Thread Podcast. I am here today with Monica Adams. She is full of energy. You'll hear that and feel that in a second. But before we get into today's episode, as always, Monica, we start with a big, deep inhale. So let's take a big, deep inhale. And on the exhale, let's get into today's episode. Monica Adams co-founded Heartled Leaders, which is a transformational company that certifies coaches and healers. Monica, in your own words, give us a little more color. Tell us about that. Yes. So Heartled Leaders is just a beautiful network and we coach and certify coaches and healers to specifically be experts in the subconscious mind and in heart intelligence, because that is really like a beautiful blend of the two. And we've certified over 70 people. And we also hold events, we hold retreats, we go to different sacred sites around the world. And I think what we, me and you both have in common is that bridge of spirituality meets science. So you know, we can prove it at this point that there's so much benefit of listening to your heart and, the, and your intuition and even these ancient wisdom practices that have stood the test of time. We can now use science to track it like, oh, this really works. This really works for your, for your mind, your body, and your soul. I have a lot of questions just about subconscious and fear. I think about my own story first and how it applies to unlocking the subconscious and turning off my conscious mind a little bit and stop acting from that place. Do you think fear lives in the conscious mind or is it something that is like deeply rooted in our subconscious at times? I believe it's definitely in the subconscious. Like the subconscious is the underworld. It's like not in our awareness and it's Mm -hmm. like the root of of everything, you know, it's not just fear. You can hold great beliefs too, but fear in and of itself is definitely rooted in the subconscious mind. Because consciously, none of us would choose fear. Knowingly, oh, like with all of our awareness, that's what conscious is. So like consciously, I want to be like, I'm going to choose fear. Like, no, you wouldn't. All of us are aware that we maybe have blind spots or blocks or fears. So if it was that easy, then we would shift immediately. But it's, it's, rooted uh, in the subconscious mind a thousand percent so where does it come from because five or six episodes ago i talked to my father about core beliefs how core beliefs are formed from your childhood and you were doing something creative and expressing yourself and trying to find love and all of a sudden you got yelled at formed this core belief that like you couldn't do that so you had to do things like this so that you could continue to get the love from the world and survive my question is is that where fear comes from because I mean, that's like one of the most deep-rooted places in the subconscious, I would imagine, is like those early memories. That's exactly it, Sean. You nailed it. It's, it's, it's this childhood because we come into this place so pure and then we, we understand that there's actually rules and there's conditions. And like you said, something happens, you're creative and then you got spanked because you actually drew on the walls and that's not allowed, you know? And so then you realize like, oh, there's conditions and that's where that fear comes in. And so that's when we start to push away parts of us, this creative side, not knowing it's just, it's just that you couldn't draw on the walls, but we correlate it with like, oh, if I'm creative, then I'm bad. Right. Because we just don't have like the full awareness with children. Here's what I think is like fear is obviously in us for a reason, right? And if we look at when we were you know, nomadic, we need fear because it's our way to identify danger. It served us back then. But it's interesting now to see in a world that we live in with very limited danger relative to like 1000s years ago. But now it seems like it dominates us in a whole different way. Yeah, because our biology hasn't changed yet. 
we still go through the same like visceral physical conditions when fear hits like you maybe you start to sweat you start to lose your vision starts to get more focused you start to lose your peripheral vision your heart rate changes your breath changes literally the brain waves change so like it's the same thing as if you were getting chased with a tiger only your fear now is like i wrote a song and i want to sing it but like what if i bomb hmm. and they're not the same kind of fear this the fear of getting chased by a tiger is like death real right. death but we still haven't made that biological shift in our own body to recognize that that fear doesn't correlate to you singing a song i often tell my clients when like fear comes up around something like that like let's say exactly that example you have a song you want to sing your death certificate is never going to say sang a song started the business asked the woman out like it will never, never say any of those things yeah but so we need to like speak to ourselves and shift it and um, which is what i think our our generation is doing really beautifully is going inward and shifting these shadows these fears and and making making that distinction for ourselves so do you think fears have compounded through generations like my grandparents were in the holocaust like both of them were like heavy duty in the holocaust lost most of their family my dad suffered from tons of generational trauma i mean if you think about it his parents survived had him and raised him in a house that was immediately coming out of a holocaust he came to america and had to do a ton of inner work because mm -hmm. there was a lot of baggage there he did a lot of inner work which was beautiful to see as his son but i still feel like i have weird stuff around food and i have these fears and these insecurities I'm so scared of losing people. Like I've had to go to so much therapy work to stop fearing losing loved ones. I'm wondering if you think this sort of fear has like compounded in the last like four or five generations. Cause what you said, you know, this, this generation feels like we're doing stuff a little different. Like we're kind of breaking that fear mold a little bit and it feels good, but I'm wondering if it, if you think it built up a little bit. Wow. I did not know that whole story of your lineage, what you come from in your family, like the strength and the, yeah, it's powerful stuff. My grandfather, like, willpower. He made it through, like, Auschwitz, like, hardcore stuff that you wouldn't be able to do unless you had insane will to live. And I feel that. when I can, like, summon it throughout my day when I'm feeling small. I'm like, feel your genes. Like, you come from mm -hmm. fighters. Yeah, I just got chills. And that's, like, such a beautiful quote. Like, feel your genes. That's powerful. Like, super powerful. And do I think it compounds... I think it's hit a point now where we've hit like a critical mass of people who understand that how we've handled things in the past gets to shift. And I think that we're able to, where before it wasn't really available. Like, I think we have more understanding. I think we have more tools. I think we have more acceptance. I think we have more forgiveness. What we get to do now is to continue that. There's just been so much on this planet that's shifted Literally, I'm talking about like Earth itself, its frequency has shifted, allowing us to be able to access more of our heart and access more of this healing that is available to us. Um, and I think before if you are in survival mode, like it's it is a completely different it's a completely different discussion. You know, if mm -hmm. you're in the Holocaust, it's in a completely different discussion than where we are. You know, I'll just speak for myself and then the fears that come up for me about am I still am I playing small am I too much you know am I too loud am I too big like maybe I'm too weird you know and if my ancestors could do all that they've done like I sure as heaven can like 
go live on Instagram, post the thing, get on a podcast, write the business plan. So much has been leading up for us to be able to. That actually brought a lot up for me because I was talking to my dad about the difference between his generation and, and my generation. He was saying that like, our generation is going more for the things that fulfill us and, you know, fill up our cup. And his generation was more going for survival. And I'm, I mean, literally, if you look at his parents, they they were literally fighting for their lives. And then you go to him. And I think just the overall quality of life in a lot of the world has elevated. So like the baseline of living, I mean, obviously, there's still poverty and, and all that sort of stuff. But like, the baseline has elevated for us now we've reached this point where like we're not as concerned with surviving we're able to look more at purpose and fulfillment i might be off but it just feels relatively new it feels like something that is or maybe it's becoming more mainstream like the movement is growing but it feels like mm -hmm. in the past it was more beneath the surface or just a smaller cohort of people and the majority was just focused on kind of like surviving and making it you look at the jobs people took, sacrificing decades of their lives to work in cubicles so they could create stable home situations for their families and it's super noble. But we're in a place now where it's like it almost feels like we don't need to act as fear based. Different generations hold different keys. And for me, what's interesting, my brother just had his first first child. So I have a, a new niece. And I'm at their house now. I just met her. She's literally 10 days old. She's newly <laughs> born. And I feel like it's just amplified me so much. Like, I'm now an ancestor, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I have now become wow. someone that's paving the road for her. And it's a rite of passage. I, yes. And it just feels, it's amplified. The way that I look at things now, it's just from this lens of, okay, do this because Skyla deserves an earth where the the streams are safe the forest is safe people understand she understands that she's not gonna let her the fears of the mind stop her in her purpose she mm. understands that her intuition is powerful it is not something to take be taken lightly like those are the things like those that's the world i want her to grow up in mm -hmm. so it has amplified everything that i'm doing it's interesting to look back and also to look forward generationally you coach a lot of people you work a lot with the subconscious what are some patterns you see what are some like common fears what are things that you see come up over and over and do those things have specific not solutions but maybe ways that you know how to deal with them i'm curious about what you've seen through heart-led leaders and, and coaching people i'll first answer the pattern that i see everyone carries honestly and then I'll go into the three heart-led leaders keys, if you will. This is These are like three keys. If you have these in your back pocket, it will take you really far. So the first pattern that I literally see everyone have, and it's, it's very related to everything that we're touching on here, is this fear. And often I work with people who have like almost like two conflicting ideas within them. And it's usually around like a behavior or a desire. For instance, let's say it's like, I want to start a podcast. You know, I know I have things to share, but like something's stopping me. There's like a fear, you know, that I'm afraid to use my voice. I'm afraid. What if it doesn't do well? What if I run out of things to say? And we come up with all these like surface excuses, to be honest. Like they're all very surfacey. We can answer all of those very quickly. So we have to like get to this root of, of what it is. And usually everyone's fear is tied to this notion of protection. So most people's fear is tied to this idea that if they do the thing, 
that they're going to die. Like it is so deep down and we have to really rewire these things to recognize first and foremost, like thank the fear, thank this part of you that is looking after you. Cause it, that's a good thing, you know, like thank you for looking after me. Thank you for protecting me, which is a very different lens that a lot of people take. Like they try to kill their ego or like run over the fear, whatever all these things are. Yeah. You're saying honor it. Yes. Thank you. Like, wow, you want to protect me? That is really noble. That's awesome. Thank you. And do you see how by me not creating this podcast, how I'm actually feeling less alive? Like the very thing you're protecting me from is the very thing that is that I'm experiencing right now. I don't feel alive. I don't feel expressed. I feel stifled. I feel stuck. I know there's more for me and I want to get it out there. And so when we can make that jump and let it see that like it's actually still causing the pain, it's literally doing the thing it's thinking it's preventing you from, it usually doesn't know. That part of you usually doesn't know. So then it can make this like insight and this light of awareness grows. Then you can get it on board with you. Then you can get it to start to unify with you and it'll start to work with you. This kind of goes perfectly into the three keys of heart-led leaders. So these are the three keys we have at my company for transformation. First one, question everything. Question all the thoughts you have, all the beliefs you have. Why do you, even if they're good beliefs, question it. You know, like this is how you can get to know yourself. When you know yourself, you become so unshakable. And it's also fun. Like question everything. Question the beliefs that you have about yourself, how the world works, what you're here to do how everything works just question it from there the second key is entering the heart portal the heart is intelligent the heart is literally a brain it has neurons it is continuously encoding and decoding information exactly like the brain does and it's communicating to us at all times it is also storing information but unlike the mind where the mind is storing information from mostly the past of what things have how things have worked and how things haven't worked, the heart's pulling information from the quantum. And we can tell this through science through the electromagnetic field around our mind, which is only about six inches. And the electromagnetic field around our heart is at least six feet. Some physicists say it actually never ends. It's, it hmm. goes into infinity. And so the information that it's picking up from the heart is not thought forms, which is slow and only six inches. It's through these frequencies of higher vibrations, which is still information. And so now you're picking up information from the intelligence of the freaking quantum sea. And if I were to choose one, I'm choosing the quantum sea over my limited human brain. You know. <laughs> so develop a relationship with your heart and enter your heart portal. Start asking your heart questions. And then the very last thing is this harmonization and unifying. You know, we want to unify the heart with the mind. The heart will give you some wild, beautiful opportunities. It'll say to, to do these, these things that are more of those heart nudges. And then you can use the mind to, to fulfill them, to know the strategy, to, to have the direction, to Execute. understand it all. Yeah. Right. The heart will say, go to North Carolina. Right. <laughs> For me, the heart is like, go to North Carolina, <laughs> go to Montana Springs. And my mind booked the ticket, got me on the flight, dropped mm -hmm. me there. The driver was the heart. And so you have those three things, question everything, enter the heart and harmonize and unify it all. You're in for a beautiful, awe-inspiring life. And so you've seen those three principles help people kind of cut the fear that is debilitating in their lives. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really through compassion, too. Like, it's from more of this feminine approach, like this compassion, this harmonizing. 
because the more we push away things from us, the more it just grows and amplifies. When we give it a voice at the table, fear is already having a conversation with you. You're not going to be able to ignore it. You might as well just give it a chance to speak and then you can have a dialogue. And so that's the, that's the approach that I see is, is most helpful. When people take those three principles, is there a lot of resistance? Do they break down? Like, what kind of exercises do you do? Are there ones that are more uh, impactful? Like, what have you seen in that front when they're actually like working through the stuff? So fun because people will say, I believe in miracles. And I've been trying to get, okay, this is a great example. We had, because this proves that anyone can do it, in my opinion. So, we had <laughs> a woman who was in her 70s, comes into our certification training. She wants to learn more about the subconscious mind and the heart. She goes through one of the modalities, reports back, you see it, you see it live, you record everything on Zoom, and you see her like her eyes light up and she says, I have been working through this for over 30 years. I mm. thought this was just how I was. There was no way of me getting past this. And she and she was just like, I can't believe I healed this. Like this is a miracle. These are miracle tools. And what she was going through was so subconscious. I'm talking the most subconscious. She was waking up in the middle of the night without recognizing it, like sleepwalking hmm. and binge eating. Wow. So these are things that are just like, like what? Yeah, like where is that coming from? <laughs> mm -hmm. But we drilled down to the root of a memory that she had where she basically didn't feel like she had enough. And so we healed that timeline, this root core thing that happened in her childhood that was still affecting her in her 70s. Once we clear the root, all timeline shifts. All your neural pathways begin to shift when you give it a different meaning. She's saving money on her monthly uh, food expenses now, I take it. Less snack attacks. <laughs> <laughs> this is how my journey went, and I've seen it in a lot of my friends too. Is like starting with my own inner work and trying to figure out why I am the way I am and, and driving down into some of those things. And then once I bring those into awareness and like practice reprogramming and seeing if things can be done differently, I've noticed there's this part where now I cultivate deeper relationships and I'm able to be more present, show up for people. Relationships are just much richer. And part of that is like, who do I want to be in a relationship with? I was like, okay, these are the people that really see me, really support me. And like, these are the people that maybe weren't filling my cup as much. And then once I went past that, it felt like there was this awakening in my ambition and like kind of my drive because oftentimes I think the relationships that we surround ourselves by can be the contributors to a lot of the noise we hear in our heads when we have our intuition saying, hey, you really are passionate about starting a clothing line and, and you want to do that. But there's all these people in your life telling you that's never going to work and you shouldn't even try. And then once I healed myself and was able to look into my relationships and uh, heal those relationships too, now I was in a place where I was surrounded by a little more stillness and intuition and could go out and like start this business I've always dreamed about starting. And so I've noticed there's like the you, like the them, and then like the ambition, the like, what, what's your purpose kind of? There's like this, now what's your ikigai? Why are you here? Now go do it. There's less blockers. Yeah, I think that that's pretty spot on. I love that you broke it down this way. I think that's exactly it. It's this inner outer, you know, self and it's other. And then it's the third, you know, the third of being, what are you birthing? You know, it's, it comes down to like a trinity cycle. It's like, you know, mother, father, baby, you know, like self, other, then what I'm creating, you know, what am I creating for myself and others? You know, it's mm -hmm. one, two, three, it, it really works that way. 
And uh, I like the way that you broke it down. And I think that that's a beautiful lens and how I think things do unfold for a lot of people is really to start with yourself. And then you start to shift your environments to, to reflect more of already how you feel inside. Some relationships are, you know, gracefully fall away. Some are enriched and, and grow with you. And then you like have all of this space and like all this creative energy to go for what it is that you want to create. You know, I read this thing that said, consume less, create more. And mm-hmm. I have like lived by that for the last few years because even just scrolling on social media, I'm like, I'm consuming, I'm consuming. But I love to create. And I, and I think that's not just a me thing. That's an us thing. Like we're, you, you said at the beginning, co-create. Like you're a co-creator. We're all destined to create stuff. And there's so many different ways that we can create. There's so many ways to express that. Consuming less felt like stop sitting back and just like taking and actually stand up and like give Mm -hmm. and put out it was hard but now I feel like I create a lot and it comes from my heart and it's one of the reasons that I wake up and smile every day snacks and you do it well honestly like the (laughs) content you know the clothing line like everything you're creating is you do it well too so just want to honor you for putting in that work because it it shows you know Mm. I've tracked you we've been following each other we've been following your journey for at least two years now and it's always felt really high quality and intentional so it definitely shows like the the starting point of your creation has lasted the journey because by the time it reaches me as just a consumer and, and a friend of course but when it reaches me it still is holding this mm. deep frequency of care um so just wanted to honor you in that because i Thank see you, you doing it no, that feels good to hear because I think I'm so close to it that I am hyper-focused and I think this is just human nature to the areas I can improve and do better and what was missing. So it's really nice to like take a step back and hear some love from the outside of just like, hey, it's I feel it because, I, you know, what we do is like we do try to charge it with a lot of love and that's the whole reason that I do what I do. And so when you feel it, I'm like, oh, OK, remember at the end of the day that the mission is being achieved and there's always room for improvement, but that should be like a minor focus on like the grand scheme. And what's interesting about this, is there's a difference when you create from love and when you are creating from still from a residency of fear. And the way that you can tell is that failure, failure, right? I'm using like air, air quotes, failure the only way you can fail is if you stop. If you fail and you stop, then fear has won. But if you fail, air quotes, and you learn, you're operating from love. Mm. Like you're always operating from love because there's always like knowing that every time you've made a mistake or you failed, you just learn. Versus if you've never went out there, you're always going to improve. It's it's innate. We're always growing. We're always evolving. There's no escaping that. And so once you recognize that and you know, like, wow, there's really no such thing as failure. Everything is feedback. Everything mm-hmm. is just telling me another way to improve, another way oh. to do it, a different, a different system that I need, a different uh, support that I need. And now you're operating from that God, that love frequency, and it, it becomes playful versus mm-hmm. feels like judgmental. It's just mm. a completely different way of operating. Gandhi said, don't lose, learn. And that's something that I've also lived so much of my life by because we should love to learn, love to grow. And failure has some of the richest lessons like hardship, adversity. That's some of the most teaching times of our lives. And so building a healthy relationship with those is super important. And I have to micro adjust my compass almost like daily. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because old programs will kick into place. A big part of my story is 
I feel like I need to be successful in my career and make a lot of money to earn people's love, right? And that's just been this like subconscious driver for a lot of the reasons that I do stuff. And I've had to really like unpack that in therapy so that I can come from, like you said, a place of more love instead of that like old fear mentality. I have to remind myself daily, hey, you're stressed out. This content will get out when it needs to. You're going to do it. You know you're going to do it. So stop freaking out. Have fun with it. Make it fun. When the factory calls me and they're like, hey, you know, those 150 hoodies you just ordered, they're done, completely finished, package them. Also, we ruined every single one on accident. I'm like, okay, that sucks. So now I'm like fear-based kicking, scarcity mindset, like I'm not going to survive. And then it starts, all my decisions start coming from there. And I'm like, no, have fun with this. This is playful, long-term, this isn't going to matter. Have fun with it. Okay, what are we doing? So now we're cutting all the bottom parts of the hoodies off and turning them into like crop top hoodies for women and like boom it's just like i love crop tops thank you i've seen i've seen them on a few girls i'm like that is a beautiful garment that looks great and it's just like i have to constantly remind myself when i make content when i make products like even when it gets hard even when it sucks and it's like it just feels like hard work that i don't want to do take a step back have fun with it, like sink into love. These are things that can sound cliche and all that, but like there's really something that happens inside of me where like it flips a switch and it's like I can feel the hypertension in my temples go away a little bit because I'm like, have fun with it, dude. What are you doing Mm. here? Why are you doing it? Remember that or don't do it. It's like that simple. Mm. Wow, snaps, I love that. And your playfulness is is so fun. Like you and your partner on your podcast snippets, like you guys are playful. Like it's who you are. So it's just like, it's just being who you already are. We're trying to make it all more approachable. There was a part where we suppressed that and we were like trying to be a little more serious. But I'm like, that's not who we are. And I also just want to make this whole spirituality thing more approachable and like let's have fun and do it and let's cry together and we can still laugh. And there's going to be moments of intense pain and discomfort but that's what life is. So let's yeah. capture it. Let's laugh about it. Let's keep it light. What's the point if, you know, if it gets too heavy and, it, and it's like dark, then it loses something. So I couldn't agree more on that. Like if we if we have to make it so irresistible, you know, we have to make it fun and joyful because there is inner work that gets that gets hard and gets, you know, like tears are going to fall and things like that. But there's the whole point of that is to come through the thresholds into another part where it's, it's joy and it's and it's peace and uh, making it lighthearted. I mean, what's the point of doing all this work if we're not that, you know? So making it irresistible through that lens of, of playfulness and fun and joy and, and keeping the personality alive because I think that will entice more people to be like, oh, what are you up to? Like, maybe I should yeah. listen to that podcast. Maybe I should, you know, take a look and, and maybe purchase one of those those hoodies that are activated. i think life's already hard enough like one thing that keeps baffling me is i feel like i have charged so hard the last few years especially with covid there's just a lot less distraction i've gone like head first into a lot of my just inner demons i've woken up parts of me that were asleep and like i feel more alive and i know who i am and i'm like wow life got way easier but it's still so hard. I just can't get over the fact that life is difficult. And I look at my dad who's done so much inner work and he's one of the people that I really admire for his love for growth and looking deeper. And I look at his life and it's still hard. The man is almost 60. He's made the money. He's like done the inner work. Like he's checked all these boxes. 
And there's still days, weeks, sometimes months where he's just like in a rut. It doesn't stop. Life is going to be hard. And if life is going to be hard inevitably, then why make it harder by forcing yourself into situations you don't want to be in? That's why I took, I was like, this is what you want to do. You love doing these things. Do them as well as you can because life's already going to be hard. A good example is in this business. I love to create. I love to make the products. I love to make the content. I still have to do hours of accounting, legal work. There's all this back end stuff that I hate, but it's just like a nice little microcosm for life. There's the fun parts and then there's like the dry parts that are necessary for the whole thing to go. But like, it's all going to be there. Well, I'll add to that, right? We check a lot of boxes and I would love to invite in circling a lot of circles. And what I mean by that is honestly, Going out into nature will give us such a, like, such fulfillment. Like, if we're stuck in a rut, if we feel stuck, it's because we're not moving. And I believe that there's an invitation for all of us, myself included, and I feel like I'm a nature fiend, mm-hmm. to get back into nature that holds all of the information we're looking for. Like, sitting in silence and getting in nature will answer every question that you were possibly having and will make you realize that the very thing you're praying for is sitting on your lap. <laughs> we are held we have like we are so held and nature is is such a representative of life if you want to do anything in life do it from a place of an ecosystem of reciprocity from service something so much bigger than yourself i think nature gives that to us and allows us to refuel and to and to check ourselves when we're in this western civilization of mm-hmm. go and motivation and produce and produce, manifestation produce. <laughs> even you know i'm so over manifestation i'm in the space and i'm like I'm here to make service way cooler than manifestation. And like, what are you doing for service and making that way cooler and getting into nature, I think helps us remember that time and time again, when we are feeling stuck and we are feeling like life is getting at us and it's hard and it's difficult. It will refuel us in ways that to me is the true luxury is nature. The mental image that I have is in my head when I close my eyes when you're talking, it's like this person is sitting in nature and then they're, the electromagnetic field of their heart is radiating out and touching like all the trees and the leaves. Did I just go on a mini hike while you were talking? (laughs) (laughs) Woo, it's working, yay. (laughs) Monica, this was super fun. I feel like me and you could chat forever and that's always a good feeling. As we close out, I wanna ask you, your program, like how does your certification work? Give me a little more context there so people can understand a little more about that. It's really drills down a lot of what we touched on today. So it is twofold. When you get certified with Heartland Leaders, you're becoming a certified subconscious mind coach and quantum healer. So you're learning the mechanics of the subconscious mind while simultaneously understanding the intelligence of the heart and accessing this quantum timeline healing. And so there's six modalities. You learn about how to heal triggers. You learn about your ego. There's ego therapy. You learn about that example I was giving when there's like two parts of you that's kind of arguing with yourself. You learn a lot about the power of language, how to lead a meditation and quantum healing. The way that this certification unfolds, I think is really beautiful. And it's entirely everything we're doing is completely our own IP. And so if you were to join, if you were to join this beautiful certification, you would be in the tribe and me and my co-founder, Sarah, lead the certification. And we really like to put our money where our mouth is. Because as you step into being a coach or a healer, you will never know what's about to go down. It's such as life. You'll never know what's going to happen in the conversation, and especially in the coaching seat. So what we do is we bring someone forward 
to be the volunteer of that coaching session and we do it live. So if we're doing, let's say the trigger, we're teaching about the trigger modality that we have, we'll actually go through the coaching session with someone who has a trigger. And that way, everyone in the, in the, in the cohort, in the tribe is watching and seeing it in real time unfold. One person is getting coached and only then do we, after the whole transformation is set and complete, all like mirror neurons are going off when everyone's watching this and just tracking what's happening. Only then do we give you the step-by-steps. So everyone gets step-by-steps, the full playbook on how it all works. Uh, but we like to show you before we tell you. Mm. Then we involve you. This is how you actually learn. So then after that, after you know all the steps and you, see, you saw it happen in real time, you get partnered with someone. And that week, you guys become each other's coach and client and you switch off. So you'll actually coach someone that is your peer that is also learning right beside with you. And then you'll get coached by someone. So it'll be someone's coach, you'll be someone's client. What ends up happening here is so many wins because you inevitably are healing any subconscious mind blocks that you already have because mm-hmm. you're now getting the coaching. Then you feel so freaking clear and confident because you just walk someone through and it's a peer. So it's not like you have to go out and get clients. Like you're doing it in real time yeah. with someone. And third, you're learning so much and it's, it's through embodiment. It's through immersive learning. And you grow a community. If you transform with people, like you're bonded, like it just becomes family at that point. So there's so many wins in this certification. I, I, I absolutely love it. And if there's anyone who is a coach, who's a healer, who's a facilitator and wants to really be able to give people radical breakthroughs, like this is it. This is where you get to learn all of the different pockets of spirituality, of science. And these are proven modalities that work time and time again. And so we actually, the next round is the end of March, March 29th, we begin. And we have spots open. So if anyone is interested, please reach out to me and we can have a conversation about it. And if you want to read more, anyone who's listening, we'll just go to heartledleaders.co slash certification. And you can read all about it there and apply and you can get on a call with me and I can make it happen. We'll link that URL in the show notes. So you can click the hyperlink for that in the show notes. If you just want to go straight to that site and learn a little more, get in touch with Monica. Is there anywhere that they can find you direct? Yeah, so I'm definitely active on Instagram. That's the platform that you can catch me the most. And so you can follow me. And my handle is at it's Monica Adams. I couldn't get the I am. So I feel like I'm just like an entity. So it's <laughs> Monica Adams. <laughs> Well, we'll link that so that people don't have to type it in. They'll just click that. That'll also be in the show notes. We'll do Heartlet Leaders. We'll link Monica's Instagram. And then we're going to link Inner Thread because that's what we do every time. Go check out our merch. thousand percent. Anything else that you want to leave with? Super grateful. Grateful to get to know you on a deeper level. Hear yes. a little bit about your family and be on this podcast and and really share this conversation went in so many beautiful directions and it felt really potent and I felt more energized. So I'm just in great gratitude for, for this opportunity and to know you to deepen our relationship. So thank you. Yes, I feel very charged up. It's a, it's a great feeling and I've just always felt a connection to you since seeing you cold on Instagram and, and being introduced. I was like, there's a resonance here. So I'm happy that we get to see it come into fruition and feel it it's definitely boosted up sometimes i get tired after a big podcast but i'm feeling pretty fired up so 
you filled my cup. I very much appreciate you. Thank you for spending time with us, coming on the podcast. We very much hope to have you back on here and do stuff together, collaborate, co-create together in the future. I think this is only the beginning and I'm beyond grateful for everything that you do in the world, Monica. Same, brother. Thank you.